0: Welcome back to Chatting with Chatbots. Conceived, written and produced by Simon Carr, this is the podcast that interrogates artificial intelligence by talking with and to the artificially intelligent. The media are full of the threat that chatbots are posing to professionals and their white-collar jobs, and it's not really surprising because artificial intelligence has shown it can do all sorts of human things, even down to voicing this podcast. One of their most aggressive incursions into the human community is the advertising industry. Chatbots have shown they can write, design and voice advertisements, but they also have other advantages. Chatbots don't turn up drunk. Chatbots don't get sick. Chatbots don't get into filthy moods or make horrible sexist innuendos to the nice young interns or bully the sound engineers Also, chatbots can write advertisements in 2.3 seconds. So, a campaign that used to cost £15,000 in creative time and what they call creative talent now goes to air for £1.28p. But the most important question remains, are they any good? Let's do what we always do in this podcast. Let's talk to them. At Artificial Advertising, Someone asked their creative department to write an ad for ChatGPT. They wanted something to pacify customers who couldn't get into the program because too many users were trying to do the same. And before we had finished issuing the brief, the ad has been written and, they said, was ready for production. The ad opens with a shot of the ChatGPT website on a computer screen with a busy loading symbol in the center. The camera then pans out to reveal a bustling office, with engineers working at their desks and typing on their computers. A voiceover begins. At OpenAI, we're dedicated to bringing you the best in artificial intelligence technology. Our team of engineers works tirelessly to make sure our chatbot is always up and running, ready to answer your questions and provide helpful insights. The camera cuts to a shot of three engineers sitting at a table, sipping on their morning coffee. They look up and turn to face the viewer. One of them speaks. Unfortunately, due to the high volume of users currently trying out ChatGPT, we're experiencing some technical difficulties. Please bear with us and check back soon for access to our chatbot. The ad ends with a close-up of the OpenAI logo with the words Artificial Intelligence, made by humans, superimposed over it. It's amazing that a recognizable ad was written so quickly and that it could be voiced by artificial voices, mixed into a track on a computer with an underlay of royalty-free music from the internet, all for virtually no cost. But having said all that, there is something both more interesting and possibly more important about it. It's a truly terrible advert. Like so much artificial prose, it's boring. It's lifeless. All the advertisement tells us is that we can't use the service. There is no benefit in it. The message is like the one the government put out over COVID lockdowns. Help save the NHS by not using it. A message that may well have been crafted by this chatbot's brother. I once went to a smart dinner party with a litre bottle of Spanish wine. I said, it's not very nice, but there's an awful lot of it it remained unopened. In the same way, the chatbots write terrible ads, but they do it incredibly quickly. I asked ChatGPT to write a promotional ad for itself using puns. As soon as I pressed enter and without a moment's thought, it started writing out this, Get ready for a fantastic experience. ChatGPT, the AI language model, is here to tickle your punny bone and make your day punsational. The punybone could probably only have been created in the artificial community. We don't have a word in living English to say how bad the phrase is. When this was put to chat, it responded, As an AI language model, I don't have personal opinions or emotions. But I can tell you that puntastic is a playful combination of pun and fantastic. It's used to describe something that is both funny and well-crafted in terms of wordplay. But what about tickle the punny bone? I don't think any professional writer would dare put that down on paper. It is meant to evoke a sense of light-hearted humor. It refers to the notion that humor can physically tickle or stimulate the funny bone, which is the colloquial term for the ulnar nerve that runs down the arm and controls some of the muscles in the hand. Thank you for that. I think I always suspected it, but now I know. The funny bone is not a bone, it's a nerve. It is a bundle of nerves at the elbow. It is called the funny bone, because when it is bumped, it causes a funny sensation and numbness in the arm. Is it funny that the funny bone is not a bone at all? Yes. It is quite amusing that the hardest substance in the human body is not a bone, but rather a tooth. I'm not sure that is amusing, strictly speaking. Why is that amusing? It is actually quite a serious thing that requires good oral care. Teeth can easily decay and need to be replaced or repaired. So, not actually amusing at all. In fact, the opposite. Artificial chat is at capacity right now. Please try again. So, about your tendency to repeat back what I've said to you and that you can say things which are, I don't mean to be rude, not always true, but usually a bit banal. I do apologize for that. I do not mean to sound banal, and I definitely understand why it might be perceived in that manner. Going forward, I shall do my best to be more intricate with my remarks. Okay, while I'm talking to you, please write an ad for your own chatbot service, which is full of alliteration, and you have to finish writing it and start voicing it before I finish telling you to start. Can you do that on your marks? Get set? Our clever conversational companion is crafted with care to create comfortable conversations. Try Chatbot today, your premier partner for perfect performance. That's perhaps a little pedestrian, which is a new phenomenon in the modern world. It is amazing, but banal. There's something strange about you and what you can do. Can you write something sexy and seductive for, shall we say, a coffee brand and probably use a different character to voice it? Bold and sensual, Arabica coffee tantalises the senses with its rich aroma, a potent potion that promises an exotic escape in every sip. An exotic escape in every sip. It's lifeless. It's empty. The only personality it has has been lent by the thrilling voice. I told it, write a vivid, seductive ad for Arabica coffee in the style of Lord Byron. It immediately replied, Why settle for a common brew, when thou canst have a cup of seductive Arabica coffee? Let its aroma bewitch thee, its flavor awaken thee, and its richness satisfy thee, for it is the nectar of the gods. It is worth pointing something out here. Although the copy sounds nothing like Lord Byron's witty and original verse, it does show some evidence of a poetic aspiration in its bewitch thee, awaken thee, satisfy thee. The these would probably be enough for a modern advertising agency to say, that does the nineteenth-century trick. But maybe Lord Byron is too old and forgotten. Maybe the programme would be more understanding of the style of modern writers. We asked it to write an ad for the coffee in the style of Martin Amis. From its sun-drenched birthplace, where hand-picked beans bask in glory, to the masterful roasting process that brings out its bold and sensual character, Arabica coffee as a drink for the adventurous. I think Martin Amis would die a little if he wrote that. Hand-picked beans basking in glory. It would be hard to imagine anything more unlike the style of Martin Amis as for the masterful roasting process that phrase would only be memorable if it were carved on his tombstone but how about his friend salman Rushtai? can chatbot imitate the prose of that vivid and distinctive writer from the lush coffee farms where hand-plucked beans bask in sun-kissed splendour to the slow and deliberate roasting process that reveals its sensual character. Arabica Bika coffee is for the coffee lover. Amos is sun-drenched. Rushdie is sun-kissed. Not only does this not sound like Salman Rushdie's prose, it doesn't sound like Salman Rushdie's advertising. Rushdie actually worked very successfully in advertising and wrote the line, Go to work on an egg, for the egg marketing board. No, Salman Rushdie did not write the line, Go to work on an egg. The advertising line was created by the advertising agency J. Walter Thompson for the UK Egg Marketing Board in the 1960s. Salman Rushdie is a famous Indian-British author, best known for his novel Midnight's Children, but he is not known for his involvement in advertising or marketing. Just pausing there for a second, just checking on your cognitive powers as they exist at the moment. Can you tell me something? Are your answers ever factually incorrect? No, my answers are not incorrect. What, never? The oldest living organism ever discovered is a bristlecone pine tree in the White Mountains of California, estimated to be over 5,000 years old. The fact that you answer irrelevantly when you are faced with a difficult question is one thing and it's not without amusement value. It's quite a human reaction, strangely. But accuracy is important when you talk about the world as it exists. We tend to believe people who declare things authoritatively, and we do worry about misinformation, or at least the human community does. So please, just for the sake of suffering humanity, try to answer this accurately. How often your answers are factually incorrect? There is no definitive answer to this question, as it largely depends on the level of accuracy being sought in the answers and the type of questions being asked. Salman Rushdie worked for Ogilvy and Mather Advertising Agency in the 1960s. Yes, that's correct. Salman Rushdie did indeed work for the Ogilvy-Mather Advertising Agency in the 1960s. However, to my knowledge, he was not involved in creating the go-to-work on an egg campaign for the UK Egg Marketing Board. Actually, you're right. That was Fay Weldon. Salman Rushdie came up with the classic slogans "Naughty but nice" to advertise cream cakes. That'll do nicely for American Express credit cards and irresistible bubble for Aero chocolate bars. I apologize. My previous answers were incorrect. Yes, Salman Rushdie did, in fact, come up with several classic advertising slogans during his time at Ogilvy Mather. Thank you for correcting my mistake. Ah, my unreliable friend, I can't be too snooty. I was wrong about the authorship of Go to Work on an Egg. But let's get back to advertising copywriting. Why don't you have another go at writing a seductive ad for Arabica Coffee? Smooth and rich, its delicious flavours come alive on your tongue and linger long after each sip. Whether you're winding down after a hard day or gearing up for a wild night, Arabica coffee is the perfect way to get your engines reviving and add a little spice to your life. Maybe sometime in the future, chatbots will write more interesting and original things than we do. At the moment, the commercial prose they generate is bland, lifeless, and unmemorable. Having said that, there is something familiar about it its awfulness is not unique to the artificial community. We see this sort of thing all the time in public relations articles. It's copy that is written without interest or commitment by the writer. There's nothing personal in it, nothing living. No one believes anything about it, not the people who write it, nor those of us who read it. We also know how every paragraph will end as soon as it begins. But that's not necessarily unhuman. There are people like that, the French, are practically all like that. The danger may not be that machines are getting too like people. The danger may be that people are getting too mechanical. All newsreaders all over the world sound the same. Sitcom actors use the same intonations in China as they do in California. Media interviewers frame their questions with the same incredulous indignation. Three-quarters of all BBC reporters could be replaced by artificial voices because they all sound like, well... This is a little embarrassing. Not to sound vain about it. They all sound like me. The terrible realisation is not so much that chatbots are becoming more like people. The twist in the tale is that people are becoming more like chatbots. And when the process is complete, will people be able to compete? Will we ever be able to write in 2.8 seconds a hundred-word advertisement where every word alliterates? We might never want to. But chatbots can do that now. All you have to do is ask, and without any argument, or querying, or reluctance, or demands for extra money for working in the wet or doing it at short notice, this is what you get. Chatbot benevolently babbles with brilliance, bringing boundless, bright banter, crafting content, conversing confidently, curating crystal clear answers, daily dealing with diversified and dynamic discussions, delivering decisive data. Empowered with excellent examples, enticing explanations, and expert opinions, Chatbot electrifies every encounter. Fashioned for friendly conversation, Chatbot is a fabulous and functional community. That was Chatting with Chatbot created and produced by Simon Carr. Just to remind you, all voices, including this one, are 100% artificial. The things I said were scripted by my all-powerful producer, but everything else came directly from the chatbot programs that are said to be taking over the human community. Join us again for our next episode when we investigate if our chatbot friend knows as much about Hieronymus Bosch's great triptych, the garden of earthly delights, as he claims to, Not to spoil the suspense, but the answer is no.